news updates anytime at WJR.com. Anne-Marie Cronin, I'll be hosting a special live broadcast today on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is here today to tell you what you need to know about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many of the other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls. So please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, and this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical radio show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We invite you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, welcome to another one of your very informative shows. We're live. Patients can call in. Just over the break, you were talking about um, what's going on with COVID. We're still talking about this issue. Well, we're going to be talking about COVID for a long time for a lot of reasons. And the first thing we mentioned on uh, our Facebook live feed is that the Surgeon General came on and talked about how COVID misinformation, again, I didn't watch the press conference or hear it. I just saw the, the headline. And I think it's very ironic that the government is telling us that COVID misinformation is a national threat. I mean, where do they get off telling us or anybody that misinformation is a national threat when they are not giving anybody information. The data from the studies have not been published. Nobody has the data to make an informed decision. I mean, that being said, I am, we've been clear that we're pro-vaccination, but at the same time, the skeptics are the ones that need to be turned and, or, informed properly about why they need to be vaccinated so that we can kind of get over this. Yet the threats from the, I mean, that's a subtly veiled threat from the government. Who are they threatening? Who's the threat? Who's, who's risk, who's harming the government by misinformation and misinforming the public? Yeah, good question. But not only that, but I noticed on the news last week, or maybe it was the beginning of this week that Pfizer is now already making a booster shot that they're ready to try to talk people into doing the booster. They're having trouble talking people into the first vaccine. Well, you know, we should, I do want to invite callers to call who are still skeptical about getting vaccinated because I want to hear what the concerns are. While we go through the show today, I do want to talk about why I think that if you're skeptical, you really shouldn't be. We're going to kind of try to follow some logic chain to say, this is why it's okay to go get vaccinated now. And if someone doesn't kind of agree with what we say, then feel free to call in and, you know, argue with us a little bit to the extent that we'll let you talk on the show. But <laughs> but I think it's, you know, 
I think it's time to say that the reservations that people have had about getting vaccinated should be put to rest. And the reason is, again, this is different from what we said a month ago, right, Amory? I mean, right. a month ago we were saying that if you, we were a month ago we were saying COVID is over, and right. I'll say we're we've got enough humility to say we were wrong. Obviously, COVID isn't over. We're still learning as we go. Um, we had a national expert on the show about a month ago who explained us or helped us understand that immunization is being stored in our immune system, in our bone marrow, and that probably most Americans have been exposed to COVID in one way or another, and they are uh, immune based on this exposure, whether they had symptoms or not, whether they had a positive titer or not. And for that reason, we're probably at herd immunity, and we all are immune. And this was as short as three to four weeks ago. The Delta vaccine is telling us different. The Delta variant. The Delta variant, thank you. The Delta variant is telling us a different thing. So the history and nature is telling us now that if you've not been vaccinated, then you're still at risk of getting COVID from this variant. Now, do we know whether the people getting COVID from the Delta variant have been exposed or not? Or whether we don't know because the government has not done a good job doing epidemiological work. You know, we don't Dr. know. Dr. Collender, yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but what, what do we know about the Delta variant? Maybe we can tell some of the listeners, what are some of the differences between what we know as COVID-19 and what is the Delta variant? Well, they think that it's more virulent and it's more contagious. So people are getting a little more sicker and, they're, and it's more contagious, but only among the population that is not vaccinated. So there are some one-offs of people who've been vaccinated that are getting uh, COVID from the Delta variant, but no one should expect that the vaccine is going to keep them from getting COVID at all. No vaccine is 100% make someone 100% immune from the disease. You know, the flu shot doesn't make you immune. The hepatitis B vaccine doesn't make you immune to that B 100%. Nothing's perfect when it comes to vaccines. It just lowers your risk of having the disease if you get exposed or it won't be so severe. So there's no expectation in my mind that vaccination means you'll never get COVID. Yeah, but at least the, the disease is not as severe. I mean, in the beginning when people were getting COVID, that was a death sentence. I mean, everyone was on a ventilator. They were running out of ventilators. Well, not really. I got COVID. That's and I didn't you. go to the hospital. But, <laughs> You're well, a doctor. No, I, I mean, but, hey, wait right. a minute. I'm going to stop No, but it's, right not, here. it's not about him being okay, a doctor. Okay, wait. It's she's arguing now. Okay, fine. Siobhan's right. on the line. I'll give you the floor, right. Siobhan. No, what? We, we don't, we, we, no, we, we don't want to say because he's a doctor he fared better with COVID. It's because he's in good health and that we have to talk about the pre-existing conditions and the inflammatory state like we've talked about on many shows before. That's the problem with why people are suffering COVID. And it's not being talked about still. Now the conversation is entirely about were you vaccinated or not. There's still no discussion about improving your health as a preventive measure against COVID. That's kind of all gone away. But also, is, I, oh, are we ready to go to break right yep. now, I guess? Unfortunately, we've got to take a short break. Again, you're listening to a special live broadcast. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent catastrophic disease, please call us at 800 Eight five nine zero nine five seven. Again, that's eight hundred 
859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Introducing thegreatvoice.com. If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know we're welcoming you to our special medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We are back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. He's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Our co-host, Siobhan Cronin, is in Nashville, so she's there waiting for you to call in. Dr. Collender, what I was going to say before we went to, to, to break is, there was another aspect to your patients and why none of them got hospitalized, and that was you were at the forefront of treating them with hydroxychloroquine and remdesivir. So you were treating them with a Molotov cocktail, which also helped keep, aside from the fact that they were healthy to begin with. It does. Let's come back to the COVID vaccine okay. theory. We got a callers, I think. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. We have callers. Yeah. Let's have take the callers. Yeah, so let's get to them first. So first we have Mike from Shelby. Mike, what's your question? Hi, hello, doctor. Uh, I'm in the car. Just want to make sure you can hear me well. We, we got gotcha. you. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, I, I'm 55, very healthy. Wife is healthy. We got the vaccine. But in our case, you know, we have a daughter who is pregnant. And, we, you know, we had a long conversation with her. And, you know, because there's no data, as you guys pointed out, and, you know, it, it's hard to get information, you know, we decided for her in her situation, and she decided on her own to not get the vaccine you know, because she's pregnant. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I think this is a personal decision because there is no data to support one way or the other. There just isn't. Right. Um, I mean, a lot of, there are some anecdotal stories of women who are pregnant getting vaccinated. And I do not know whether the immunity carries through delivery and the child's born immune to COVID or has antibodies. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't, it's a tough decision and I think you have to make it individually. I, I don't want to provide guidance because I do not know. There's no information to support one way or the other. So we just don't have the data. You don't, well, it's, there's no, if there's a study being done on pregnant women getting or not getting vaccinated, I don't know what it is. Um, and so there's just no, just, there's no information to gauge a choice or to receive recommendations on it. Um, you know, you've seen people on TV, personalities, wives of TV personalities choosing to get vaccinated. They've been okay. And that's pretty much all I can go on. So you're good luck. I'm sure everything's going to be fine. Um, either way, because the babies do well and, and young adults do well also. Yeah, and that's then, true. And then when your daughter gets uh, after pregnancy, she can get vaccinated. Exactly. We have another caller, Siobhan. Yep. So up next, we have Jim from St. John's. Jim, what's your question? Well, I, I guess uh, I will just add to the point you just made. Uh, I hadn't heard that. Though there's no data for the unborn or pregnant women yet. But uh, it goes along with uh, what I've been thinking about not being vaccinated is that all along there's been misinformation from the government on down. And it started right from the, the the beginning with wearing or not wearing a mask. Um, 
because of Trump derangement syndrome, we've we've went to the mask. But if you go back to the 2009 CDC recommendations back in 2009, which was the Obama administration, they recommend not wearing it. So if you go back to that and now today's recommendations are misleading right there. Another point is uh, in mask wearing is that if masks were were preventing the spread of germs and stuff and the germ is so deadly, why was there no containers? You know, we have the red boxes for needles and stuff like that. But nobody was nobody was discarding used masks. So how deadly could have been? I you find them in shopping carts, parking lots, you name it. You you found them spread around your neighborhoods and your stores and whatever. So so the government there didn't do much to educate the people. And uh, being a construction worker, well, I'm, I'm going to jump. I'm I'm going to jump in a second and just kind of. Uh answer your question and i understand your frustration about the misinformation how it's unclear what to do but now even though we've had you know all this mass questions and i agree it's been very confusing on how to put together what you've been told and not told but i'm going to push vaccines obviously just to get ahead of this conversation now we know that there's been hundreds of millions of doses of vaccines administered and there's been very few side effects of the vaccine. With the Delta variant out, we're learning that people that have not been vaccinated are more at risk of having COVID. So, you know, let's, I'm going to put behind us the mask talk because I think we're beyond the concept of masks right now. And the real talk is, are vaccines valid? And I understand being skeptical from the government that you don't trust them and they're promoting vaccines. Uh, but I think now I'm going to, you know, the, the, the way to look at it from my point of view is people that have been vaccinated are not getting Delta. People that have not been vaccinated are. And whether or not that means you've had COVID or not, it doesn't play into the conversation of whether or not you're going to get COVID. The real line is, vaccine or no vaccine so there's an i think there's enough just common sense evidence to say that people that have not been vaccinated are getting this delta variant and the longer you allow covid to float around unchecked in the environment you're allowing more variants to occur so i think that's really the important thing and i i I fully understand everyone's confusion and concern about all the different topics that have been happening, all the different arenas that have let that have been confusing. But today, it's all about getting that vaccine. It should be also about prevention and things people can do to make themselves healthy. But that's not being talked about right now. It's, it's get the vaccine. So that's my, and I'll say it again next segment, that's the push for getting the vaccine is people who are vaccinated are not getting Delta. All right, we have another we have another caller, Siobhan. Yeah, so let's jump next. We have Paul from Monroe. Paul, what's your question? Hey, how's it going out there? Yeah, um, I'm an Army veteran, and I, you know, all of us veterans are talking, and uh, you know, um, I'm all for the vaccine, and most of us military are, as you guys know. I, I'm I'm going to say it as clearly as I can say it to anybody that doesn't want 
take the shot, cry me a river. All these guys in the Navy take 30 shots a year. Those guys go to 90 different countries a year. Us in the Army, 30, 35 countries. To anybody that thinks that th that's still out there, that this is still, like, made up, because there's a lot of people in my town that still have that kind of theory. And those people really need some help. But it's like, suck it up, buttercup. Go out there, <laughs> get your shots. The shots work, damn it. Like, military, you guys have been, we, we're all laughing at all of you. Like, come on. Like, I had a shot for anthrax in Iraq. Wow. Okay? Wow. Those kids out there are dealing, no one's ever talked about anthrax either. I wish I could get on Hannity or any of them or talk to uh, any of you guys who's on WJR because, wait, where's that conversation? Like, come on, we had, like, I had to deal with anthrax, and these guys were crying about taking a shot. I had 10 seconds, all of us that were in the first Gulf War and the other Iraq War, so excuse me, cry me a river. You got 10 seconds if you walk in anthrax to shoot an anthropine in your heart or in your butt. And everybody, all the veterans, all my 9-11 veterans out there know exactly what I'm talking about. And, like, I think that's a good point to tell people, like, look, get your shot. All the military... 500,000 of us, excuse me, joined after 9-11. We weren't telling them at the uh, MEP Center here in Detroit, Michigan, after that happened, damn it, hey, I don't want to take a shot. We did what we were supposed to do because that, that was a different situation, 9-11. But you, understand, you guys understand what I'm saying? Well, we have to go to break. Yeah, I want to thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Paul. Um, in the meantime, we have to take a quick break. Again, you're listening to a special live medical broadcast. If you have a specific question, I would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke. Or if you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We are very fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. We're inviting you to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, you had a few patients call in. Do you want to give us a synopsis on the bottom line of what their concerns are? Well, the second caller, I forgot his name, who's concerned about the masks. Jim. You know, Jim. He, Jim, yeah. You know, peop, this is the seeds of distrust that have been placed by the government in this wishy-washy uh, recommendations and guidelines. And... You know, if this is what people are holding on to, to remove them from the concept that they should go get a vaccine, I, I hate to say this, is we've got to move forward and say this is what we know now. And now we know that the vaccines are for the most part safe. We were prepared to talk a little bit about side effects of Gambare, but I also think that that's not a reason to not get vaccinated. 
it's really all about people who have not been vaccinated do not have the level of immunity of people who've had COVID either actively or passively. We've got two callers. Siobhan? Yep. So first up, we have Connie from Clinton Township. Connie, what's your question? Do we have Connie there? Are you there, Connie? Connie from Clinton Township? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, hi, Connie. Hi, what's your okay. Question? Well, I I wonder, doesn't it isn't it repulsive that the I, I, what do you call it the RNA comes from aborted fetuses in the vaccine? That's very repulsive to people. They don't like that at all. And I know two people who have died after getting the vaccine. And a whole bunch of people that I've talked to have had side effects, terrible. And how about Bell's palsy and the children who are getting it, getting heart attacks and heart trouble? I don't think that uh, I think this should be considered. That, well, I mean, well, let Dr. Collender answer the well, question. Connie, thanks for calling. And so the mRNA virus is not taken from fetuses. Um, the mRNA virus is synthetically made in a lab. Vaccine. The, so thank you. I'm going back and forth. So the, these vaccines are made synthetically. The technology exists these days that you do not need to take animal products or human DNA products and convert it directly or grow it in a lab to scale it. You can, the technology exists to take these, to, to make in a lab um, out of nothing uh, a, a protein. So maybe 15 years ago, we didn't have that technology, but now we do. And so these are not taken from human fetuses. So what you might be referring to is, some of the research done to gain the knowledge to move forward was from embryos, but that's not the case now. So we're going to move forward because we have a lot, get, of callers, a lot of callers. Yeah, yeah. So we have some more callers. All right, thanks I mean, for calling, yeah, so up, up next, we have Joel from Brownstown. Joel, what's your question? Yeah, um, Doc, I was just wondering what phase of the trial we're in right now. Uh, when do you think it could be approved? And if it isn't approved, what recourse do we have after all these people have got it, got the vaccine, and now it's not approved for some reason? What do we do? I know it's a hypothetical, but that's what trials are for. Well, we lost you a little bit, so I didn't catch the whole question. But I think your question is, why isn't uh, the vaccine FDA approved, and what are we supposed to do if it doesn't become approved um, and unfortunately, this is another source of mistrust. Why are we being pushed a vaccine that hasn't been FDA approved? And I don't know the answer because the FDA works in mysterious ways. And I'm going to say I'm not a fan of the FDA. I'm not going to go on a rant because we have other callers. But any other show, I'll go, I'm happy to go on a hour-long rant against the FDA. But just so that you know, in Europe, yeah. there are a lot of medications being prescribed in Europe and in the UK that were never are not approved in this country that people can get over there that are saving lives. So, And that's a negative on the FDA. Yeah, exactly. So, right. So who, the, you know, maybe Pfizer and Moderna didn't pay enough money yet to the FDA, you know, didn't bribe somebody a high enough amount of money to get the approval. You know, I mean, I'm being facetious, kind of, you know, but whatever, ha- I don't know why it's, why a hundred million or 200 million people got vaccinated for a drug that isn't approved do not understand. Oh, well, it's very simple. They'd be dead. So, I mean, right. you had a choice. Well, between... but why not make it approved and put the stamp, you know, their stamp of approval on it and 
And maybe that's what it's going to take to get the other 30% of people vaccinated. Well, the pharmaceutical companies are watching them, so. No one's watching them. Well, nobody's in control of them, that's for sure. No one's watching. All right, how many more callers do we have? So we have two callers still on the line. Let's start with John in Livonia. John, what's your question? Uh, I'd like to ask, does the CMI MT test, the one you referred to before, does, does that need contrast? Uh, to clearly see how well the blood is flowing or doesn't it need contrast? Thanks for asking. We get to change topics. So um, the CIMT ultrasound does not require contrast. And you mentioned flow. And so it's not about blood flow because blood flow does not predict risk. So the CIMT stands for carotid intimate media thickness test. It's an ultrasound that looks at the layers of the artery wall and it measures the thickness of the layers where plaque occurs. And there's data to support that the thicker that layer is, the higher the risk of having an event. There's no talk about blood flow. The risk is tied into the thickness of the layer. So as you apply an optimal medical program to reduce that layer, you're reducing risk of event. So it's a simple test, no dye, no contrast. It's non-invasive and quick and inexpensive. Thanks and, for calling. and also, you know, not many people and not many hospitals or, or clinics have it. So you, you'll need to call 866-CALENDAR in order to find out where you can get the test done. Siobhan? Yep. So up next, we have Carmi and Monroe. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Carmi, what's your question? Hello? Do we still and have I'm, I'm calling concerning those who have had the virus, why are they not included in the count when we're talking about those who have the antibodies? Those, um, you know, those who have had the vaccine have the antibody and they're safe, but what about those who have had the virus? Why are they not in the count? I'm not sure exactly what you're asking what the count is. Um, and this is another area where I'm going to say the government has failed us. Um, should, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of COVID that there should have been extensive resources placed toward identifying, you know, better testing so we can identify people who are exposed quickly and then following people. So contact tracing is very important. So should we, had we known that, I think we'd be in a different place than, than we are now. And a lot of questions about COVID would be answered. So unfortunately, we just don't have that information. I wish we did. We and, have two more callers. Sorry, we have, another, sure. we have another caller. I don't know if you're going to be able to okay. take your other caller because we're almost out of time. What's, well, let's, let's come to them on the other side of the segment. So callers on the line, right. if you can hang on, we'll come yeah, back. Yeah, please hang on. So let's talk more about contact tracing and testing, which should have been going on from day one. And if we'd have known who had COVID and who was exposed and the actual numbers, then there wouldn't be questions about is the CDC attributing deaths from other diseases to COVID? We'd know more about that. Um, I think this is a catch-22 um, because I think there's a lot of resistance from uh, President Trump to monitor and screen people early because I, you know, I don't blame him for not wanting to have these answers, knowing how many people were out there. But really, at the end of the day, it probably would have answered a lot of questions about 
who really had COVID, how many people really died from COVID, and where are we with this? And, and so we still don't know these answers. Who had it? Who didn't have it? What's the immune status? We don't know because testing wasn't invested in early. All right. In the meantime, we've got to take a quick break. You are listening to a special live broadcast from the studios of Startup Nation in downtown Birmingham. If you have a specific question on the subject we're discussing tonight and you would like to hear from the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat the chronic and debilitating diseases we've come to accept as inevitable. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Siobhan, you have two more callers? Yep. So first we have John from Brownstown. John, what's your question? Well, I guess um, as I sit back and have been able to, to study this and, and to read, um, confusion sets in is, is what really resonates with me. You know, you want to see both sides of the story. And through the media and the portrayal and the free gifts and everything that is given out, um, it, it, you know, we're flooded with so much of this through the fear-based. Then you try to read the alternate views, which you like to kind of look at both sides of the story. And any of the doctors or any of the um, press that's out there as far as the opposition to the vaccine – seems to really be shut down and you have to go looking for it. And then as soon as you do that, then you're into that conspiracy theory rabbit hole situation, which leads to more confusion. And you would think that there would be um, both sides, you know, would be more forthcoming on exactly what this is and what it does. And, and um, it, it just doesn't seem to be that way. It seems to be all from one slant. And I, think that you always should be able to read and study and, and have access to the material to, um, you know, make a sound judgment. And with all this disinformation and this and that, and it almost seems like it's more of a fear-based push with, um, you know, getting getting the uh, shot. And, and uh, I don't know, it just, it seems quite confusing. Well, thanks for calling. And I do want to say that you're right. Obviously, everything's very fear-based. And that's why I think it's a joke that the Surgeon General comes on TV and tells everyone that misinformation is a national health threat when stations come on and report, I'm going to call minor side effects of the vaccine and report them as horrible. Um, it's, it's misrepresenting the big picture. And the reality is a lot of these side effects are relatively minor in incident. So not that they wouldn't be horrific if they happen to you or your family members and individual. We're talking about tens and hundreds of millions of doses. And when you have a hundred or 200 side effect, um, 
issues. I mean, it's it's percentage-wise insignificant when you're treating a population. And so uh, it's it's I think the information that we have now is pretty straightforward. If you've been vaccinated, you're protected from the current variants that are out there. If you're not vaccinated, you're not. And that's pretty clear. Despite all the past that's happened, we got to put that behind us and move forward because we are leaving ourselves exposed to future variants to form. And I think that's kind of where we need to be right now is look at what we know today. Moving on, caller. Yep. Thank you for your call, John. So up next, we have Gary from Wyandotte. Gary, what's your question? Okay. Um, I went to the doctor uh, the other uh, Tuesday. Evening, doctor. One way I went to the doctor Tuesday, uh, shortness of breath. And I had a bunch of tests, and they seemed to be coming back negative. Everything's okay. Except for one thing on the stress test, uh, you had regurgitation or something on the heart. But other than that, everything was fine. Well, congratulations. And, How do you feel now that you know you're okay? But the thing is, I wasn't. I still had shortness of breath. And mm. they even had checked out for uh, blood clots and nothing there. So I decided to do, um, really put a tube down there with um, to check your veins out. I had okay. three um, veins. They're 85% closed, blocked. So I had three... Um, <laughs> Stents put in. You mean your arteries in your in your heart? Yes. What can I do about the regurgitation? Is there anything? Any medication? Well, you mean when you're saying regurgitation, you mean valve issues? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I would be more concerned about why you had a blockage in your arteries that required a stent, because what we talk about on the show is that that event is preventive. You know, you that's not something you have to go through. So feel free, the regurgitation, you just need to, there isn't a specific remedy for that. But feel free to give us a call. We can talk off the air because right. this is a, call. we only have a couple of minutes left And we've got two other callers. Two so more. do follow up with Dr. Colander at 866-COLANDER, K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. And he'll be glad to d- direct you in the right direction. Siobhan, you have another caller, two callers? Yep, yep. So let's try and get through them. So we have Tony in Grosseal. Tony, what's your question? Yes, my question is this. I had a J&J vaccine back in April. However, just last week, I had a titer and it was negative. Should I follow through on a new or a booster of some sort, such as maybe taking the Moderna or the uh, Pfizer well, vaccine. let me just let me ask you. So you had a you had a vaccine a week ago, and then you had a titer within a few days. Is that correct? No, no. I I had the J and J two months ago, mm-hmm. and I just had the titer last week, and the titer came back negative, which indicates that I I don't have any immunity. No, it. Well, we already know that the immunity is being stored in the bone marrow, and the titer can go away. It doesn't reflect that you don't have that you. It doesn't reflect your long term immunity. There's no way to measure that um, in a blood test. But also, you may have had one of the older immune tests. You need to get an antibody, an IgG to the spike protein. Um, and even then, I don't know that you need to do it. The vaccines are effective, and it'll give you immunity. The titers go away that we check. 
Siobhan. Siobhan. Okay, yeah. So up next we have Julie in Fowlerville. Julie, what's your question? Hi, Doctor. My name is Julie Miller. My father died in January, the end of January. They put COVID-19 on his death certificate. However, the other doctor said that they did not send him to the hospice because he had COVID, had had COVID. It was because he was deteriorating and his heart was very weak. Why are they putting COVID-19 on the death certificate? Because I've heard a lot of people say the same thing. Oh, yeah, they put COVID on my uncle's death certificate. He didn't even have it. Well, sorry to hear about your father, and thanks for calling. Let us know. But as we we unfortunately know that the government is paying hospitals for COVID-related deaths. So the hospital gets reimbursed additionally for a COVID-related death. So they're being incentivized to label a death as being COVID-related, which, again, comes back to the whole concept of screening, proper testing, contact tracing, so we really know who has COVID and who doesn't, and it adds to the confusion about this death rate of how many people really died in this country of COVID or who who didn't. So the hospitals are being paid to call deaths from any source COVID-related. Yeah, that's sad, but I mean, it is what it is. Right. I mean, well, it isn't, it doesn't, it isn't. The, it, that's, it shouldn't be what it is. You should get a proper death certificate. Well, thanks, everyone, for calling, but unfortunately, we're out of time. So I'd like to quickly thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. Thanks also to my co-host, Siobhan, piping in from Nashville. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune in to our shows Sunday at 3 o'clock, Thursday at 7 for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to 760 WJR. Good night and be well. Let's talk about one of the most important parts of your home. It's literally the roof over your head. It protects your family, keeps you cool in summer, warm in the winter, and safe during the storm. Paul W. here for my